Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Um, Psychic Josh has uh, gone off somewhere. Where's he gone, Ollie? Do you know? I have no oh, idea. It's mysterious. Mysterious absence. I actually maybe have no idea. Maybe he's just embarrassed to be representing the uh, fundamentalist pro-Wenger uh, elite. He's got to grow as of <laughs> Easy. Steady, Tim. <laughs> oh. oh. That's the voice of Tim Payton, of course, the legendary man from Arsenal Supporters Trust and legendary man in general. That's Ollie. Ollie Short is here. In the psychic slot, Ollie has brilliantly um, written a list, written an agenda, written a menu. Um, it's the first time for ages I've had a proper menu. That's what happens but when you get the big guns in. It is what happens when you get the big guns in. But it's all going to slightly fly out of the window because we're just going to we're just going to like freestyle it, I reckon. And uh, Raymond Hurley is here from Red Action, the esteemed Red Action. You two are like giants of the <laughs> of the uh, protest camp I would suppose is that, is that fair you both kind of jointly co-organised helped organise well, protest of a couple of weeks ago uh, yeah I guess so I mean all the groups got together and discussed uh, a common way forward to see if we could kind of catch the mood of the fan base with uh, some success which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly yeah yeah Time for change. Time for change, Tim. Uh, before we do that, I just want to mention, I want to start with Danny Welbeck, because on this oh, very right. day, it has been confirmed that he's out for nine months. And of course, being asked this is at least nine months, isn't it, Tim? I mean, A... Well, it looks like it might be the same injury in the other knee, and it was yeah. nearly a year, wasn't it, yeah, before back to exactly. match fit and play. I'm gutted for him. It's tragedy. It's terrible for England as well, with the Euros yeah. coming up. And, but it, what a mess it also makes of what... Arsenal have to do or maybe some people are saying it simplifies it mm. and now he absolutely has to buy a world class centre forward but I think they were looking very much at moving one of Walcott or Giroud on or even both it probably means you can't do that no. but you were you know, that gives you financial problems because you've got them on the wage bill on these huge contracts and you're not going to get any money in for them so I think it, not only is it terrible to lose Danny but it's going to really mess up 
the thoughts for the transfer window. Yeah, oh god, it's massively depressing, isn't it? <laughs> well, we need to almost think that he's he's not at the club because as long as he's going to be out, if we start banking on him to be back in January or February or March, then our season is just going to be another wasted one. So. Sorry, Danny, we almost need to discount you for the next you 12 do. months it, and mm. um, make a signing as if you, you weren't at Arsenal. But do you think Wenger thinks that way? Do you think he kind of, in the cold light of day, thinks, you know, I've got to go out and buy... I mean, you know, do you think he's, think he's got to buy a striker anyway because Drew's not good enough? I'm not even convinced well, of that. Well, know? very rarely will any club, but particularly a club like Arsenal, give you a nine-month time frame. And maybe yeah. that's a positive because that clearly is wiping out next season, isn't it? Like, is it? You know, if you include the match fitness and the time to get back, he's not back till March, April next year. So it sort of means that, like Ray said, you've just got a plan like he's not at the club anymore. And if he reappears you know, to play a few cameo roles at the end of next season, it's a bonus. Yeah. There's no excuses. You've got to sign world-class now. I just hope they're not thinking, well, maybe it'll be five or six and we can get by until a certain amount of time when he'll be back. That would just be suicide. So we almost need to write off his season and we need to get the checkbook out without Are we going to? I just can't see it happening. I just... Every season, it's the same. Well, there is Sonogo. Yes, Sonogo. We know <laughs> he can. We can recall him from low. If we sign someone else, we will kill Sonogo. But it is. It's <laughs> remarkable. Kill each other. <laughs> will she has been out for the season. We didn't ever try and replace him. Um, Welbeck again. I mean, it was the sa- same injury, different different knee. Yeah. And same time, and he was back in what? Back in middle of February. All evidence suggests that they don't write players off for the season when they should. Think back to the days of Diaby, and it was always when Diaby's back, when Diaby's back, we'll have a full squad, full midfield. They don't appear to do it, but someone, they need to make a change now Usually and, it's and write the, him off for the season. the four to six weeks, and then it ends up being one year. Yeah, so like I said, I'm trying to see a positive in it, but the fact that they've said nine months makes it quite clear what you have to do. Yeah, you, you think. To, you have to go out and You'd buy think. big. I see today we're linked with Daniel Sturridge, according to some. I mean, that. Well, yeah, we might as well just go and buy a hospital for economy of scale so yeah, we can well, this, line them up alongside each other. This Justin, he's been injured on Question of Sport, so he's out for six months. So from that, I'm just, I, I get the feeling. I mean, seriously, if we, were, if we were trying to buy Daniel Sturridge, what would you think? Like, there's a lot of talent in that player, but you just yeah. can't risk it. If you thought that like Welbeck was going to be fit, maybe you can risk having Sturridge as well, and you kind of, you know, but you, I just can't contemplate risking bringing a Sturridge in when you got Welbeck out like that you could very easily end up with your two main strikers sitting in hospital ward together but I wouldn't put it past us would you? if you could get him for 10 or 15 million quid I think it might be worth a gamble but the reality is with the English premium it'll be 25 or 30 million and I think that money could be better spent Better elsewhere. Yeah. So who do we? I mean, who, I mean, on the stri- since we're on it, and who we got? We got to go for some. We got. I mean, we before this injury, we needed a to use the cliche phrase, a world class striker, didn't we? I mean, you know, because I, I don't think Giroud's good enough. Clearly, Theo's I, on his way out, or maybe isn't now, but certainly isn't in favour. Um, and barely, you know, he's given half a dozen games up front, and that's it. And then he reverts to putting him on, out wide. And um, Welbeck, you know. Sometimes he's allowed to play up front again. Sometimes he's not white. But is, is Wenger sitting there going, I've got to finally go and get a world-class person who can put the ball in the back of the we, net? We've been saying it for, for, for what seems like forever, whether it was a goalkeeper, a new Patrick Vieira, uh, a new Thierry Henry. It's always the same every year. I don't need Wenger to go out and spend 40, 50 million on a striker. What I want Wenger to do is go out and buy a striker, whether he costs mm. one yeah. million or, or forty million. I, I do trust the man in, in the transfer window with the players that he buys in. I think Al Nenny's actually been 
pretty good for 7 million. I'd be happy with him. We all would have probably looked at Kante at 4 million and Mahrez at 500,000. Like, these players are out there on the cheap. Mm. You just need to go and find them. It's not our jobs as supporters to, you know, to be the scouting network for Arsenal Football Club. Someone has paid to go and find a world-class... Well, not world-class, someone who could be world-class. Because Kante, he, he looks like a great central midfielder. Why don't we look in... Why don't we get him? You know, it was four million. Why don't we but get Mares? But I haven't seen us linked with many right now. I'm not seeing us linked with many strikers, like, apart from Sturridge today. Actually, it's a familiar situation where the fan base agrees what we need and where we should be spending yeah. our money. It's rare that the manager also agrees. So I can't say I have too much hope. But you know, this when the transfer window opens, the pressure will be on. There are, if you're prepared to pay and use the money you've got, you c- there are players out there. You know, mm. you know, Vardy scores goals, Lukaku scores goals, Kane scores goals. Look overseas, Morata scores goals, Griezmann scores goals, Ubimong, however you say yeah, it, over my but they they won't. You know, they've just lost Hummel, so you'd have thought they need a massive bid. But maybe Arsenal have got to start behaving like a big club. When yeah. my season ticket renewal, you know, has to be paid by June the first, they think like a big club then, don't they? Biggest fucking club in the world. The price tag that comes with that yeah. let's you know start acting like it and buy a striker for 60 million that's going to put us at the top of football I mean yeah, you look at Bayern that. Munich was it 60 70 million spent on in one day mm-hmm. and what a midfielder in a, in a, in a Sanchez like, from yeah um, from Portugal, Benfica yeah. And, um, what and, and Hummels what, what they got knocked out of the semi-finals of the Champions League they're like fuck right what do we need mm. Just go and get him. Like, why, don't we do, why don't we do that? We were going to be like Bayern Munich, weren't we? <laughs> weren't we, yeah. We'll <laughs> we yeah. we'll have to ask him that next we're gonna time. We're going to be in the elite. <laughs> but it looks like we're going to buy the Xhaka figure. Is that how you pronounce it? Xhaka. Xhaka Khan. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that seems like, like everyone seems to be in agreement that this is happening. And, is, we're about, and he's practically said, I think he's practically said today, um, <laughs> it's going to be his last game on Saturday or wherever he's playing for Bruce and Gladbach. So, I mean, that's doing some that's business good. early, no, isn't it? Good. Not, I know I applaud yeah. them for going early identify your target pay big to make it happen don't yeah. piss around and let him go somewhere else yeah. so that is encouraging but if you look back to last summer when we signed check quite early and then everyone was confident mm. that we were going to continue doing business yes. and continue fulfilling our needs in the, in the first 11 and, and nothing else happened so hope we do sign him it'll be yeah. a positive but there will need to be much more to come from there and all this quality players aren't available stuff is just bullshit money talks and they're, we do available, need, they're available when you put yeah. the, big, the big bids in. Yeah. But we need up to seven players. Seven? Yeah. Christ. Well, <laughs> a bit on a replay. So, well, first of all, you, yeah. so you, you've got Riziki going, and Arteta going, yeah. and Flamini going, yeah. and Debushi going. Yeah. So there's four to replace. Wow. Then you definitely need a world-class centre-back, or a very good centre-back to go in that mix. Then you need a centre-forward. Then probably, you know, you're talking, you know, and one more world-class, either right midfield or in midfield. That's getting up to sort of six, seven. And, you know, when you actually think it's not, you know, before, but, you know, does Sanchez want to piss off as well? Yeah. And what's happening with, you know, clearly there are issues with Theo Walcott. The whole relationship with the fans has gone. Seems to jump over tackles. Yeah, it's just not working, Not with Boyd so, around, don't uh, say. <laughs> I should have saved steady, it for later steady. in the podcast. But yeah. like, I think there's a lot going on. Mm. And then there's this nagging doubt. You, you know, do you remember George Graham's final days for £6 million? Mm. Hartson, Kiwamia, <laughs> Glenn Hilda. And Hilda. God. Six God. million spunked on those three. You know, <laughs> do you is it do you allow a man on death row to, yeah. to roll the dice for a final time? Because it is Wenger's last year. We want you know, he won't, there won't be another contract. So maybe Are you sure about that? You absolutely I've, I, I've, I've been told that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. 
Even if he wins the league? Well, I think so, because I think if he won the league, he'd be smart enough, or someone would get hold of him and say, yeah, go out like Fergie. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that the, the, the effects of the last few weeks, and also him knowing that he's got it wrong, and he's, also, remember, he's not a young man. Mm. I mean, this is someone that likes to get out on the training pitch and do it all. So, yeah, not, not even from Arsenal. People who are closer to him than Arsenal have told me. It's probably almost certainly the last contract. Personally, I wouldn't stop him. I wouldn't say you don't let him spend this year, and I think he's no, quite thorough. And actually, he seems yeah. to have recovered a little bit in the transfer market compared to the, the sort of trolley dash mess up of two or three years ago and yeah. all the, you know, the investment in youth that went horribly wrong. But it is a question to have, isn't it? Do you let a man who's on the way out spend 100 million? Well, they let um, Ferguson with. Well, they didn't actually know he was on the way out. I just when he bought you... Van Persie, but I think that yeah. Ferguson probably knew he did. in his head. He wanted to go the year before, and he was yeah. so pissed off that City knocked them out and did them on the final day. But he said he'd stay for one more year, and then he went out and made sure he won it. And, it was quite yeah. clever. And that, I think that's it? what Wenger's probably got to do. He's got to say to himself, "Well, fuck it. If I've got 100 million, but yeah, he's not going to do it. Come on, he'll be kidding." But no one, in, anyone. In, Connected to being in charge of the club, and when I'm talking about, you know, I don't know how. Obviously, I mean, does Gazidis, do these people have any actual influence whatsoever on Wenger? But no one could be sitting there going, "Oh, let's not let him spend." We, they must all be sitting there, clearly knowing we must have to spend money. We've got to get, we've got to strengthen the squad massively, as you say. Whether it's four, five, six, or seven players, that you know, that no one could be going. We're not. He can't be allowed to spend a lot of money right now, just because the club, the team needs strengthening. Yeah, well, and it's not like they're struggling for cash. No. Right. You would like to think so, but with the way the direction's been the last couple of years and the pressure that should have been put on the manager to spend in certain places and we just haven't seen it and the manager's just been doing his own thing, I do worry what pressure is coming from above as to what to do and how much money to spend. They, they, will be, they are worried about the last few weeks. Yeah. Look at the atmosphere, yeah. it's terrible. Surely, yeah. What worries them far more than, you know, effective projects is those empty seats. Yeah. And particularly, and you'll notice it because you're in club, aren't you? Yeah. There's a lot of people in club that, and the boxes that aren't renewing. Yeah, yeah. And that's 40% of Arsenal's income, 15% mm. of the seats, 40% of the in-stadium revenue. Is and it? I think they know that, you know, they need a couple of big signings just because otherwise we're so pissed off with it all, aren't yeah. we? The fan base has basically given up. So they've quit on the team. <laughs> So, and I can't blame them. You know, yeah. in, in my role with Red Action, we're always trying to get the fans to engage and to, to take part in the games. But I mean, who can blame them for giving up at the moment and the way the way it's been the last couple of months? People not turning up, people leaving early, just the atmosphere in the ground and the poison and the hatred, even between um, Arsenal fans and mm. directed towards the manager and certain players. It's just been a horrible place to be for the for the last couple of months. And hopefully, the board are noticing that. Talking of the horrible place to be in, in recent weeks, I mean, we will talk about the, game, the City game eventually, but because you were about involved in the, in the protest thing, what was your general feeling, A, about how it went, B, about the media coverage of it, which I guess is key? I mean, we, you know, it's a hard thing to do. Isn't it? I mean, my feeling is that getting the, the different supporters groups together and having a, a kind of joint um, idea... For any kind of protest is hard yeah. and getting a sense of exactly what you're protesting about is probably even harder because it's complicated it's more it's not and you, you know you didn't just want it to be venger out quite rightly so ha, ha, what's your feeling now a couple of weeks on my feeling is that the the coverage that it received was absolutely huge and here we are again almost two weeks later still talking about it the actual action in the ground was below the expected numbers mm. for sure i think you know mm. nobody can hide that um obviously all the online talk and even before the game I must have handed out 500 Time for Change flyers in, in an hour or so, and there was huge enthusiasm. People were going to go and get involved and hold them up at the specified times. 
but then it didn't happen. So it was a very Arsenal thing to, <laughs> to pretend that you're actually going to go and get involved and then, yeah. then not actually do it. So disappointing with the numbers in the ground. However, absolutely huge media coverage, um, TV, papers, everything. All around the world, people are talking about it. Um, and so it's definitely out there that the fan base is not happy. Maybe not as much as the fan base as we thought. The chant of one Arsene Wenger was a bit confusing. Where has that chant been all season, unfortunately? You know, if that was being sung loud and proud after every home game, then there would be no confusion as to what the majority of the fan base uh, want. But to wait for the penultimate home game in the season to hear that chant was a real shame. And if people actually feel like that and are so pro-manager, then they're not showing it in any way. So that was where maybe the silent majority kind of skewed the figures a little bit and maybe it wasn't as, as cut and dried for, mm. uh, to, for Wenger out as we thought. Do you think there is a silent majority, Tim? Because there was this fix, some people claimed that, you know, because this whole thing was organised on social media and that, you know, we're all, we're all I, I spend a lot of time talking about Arsenal on Twitter, you, you do as well. Um, and obviously, a lot has to be, this is why you arrange things these days, that, that some people were saying, oh, you know, normal fans, so to speak, that are in the ground that aren't, don't sit there to analysing Arsenal and fighting with each other and calling themselves wobs or AKBs or whatever. It just looked at what was happening, couldn't really, didn't really identify with it, and then sang one Arsene Wenger. So, and some people in the media said, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a silent majority still in favour of Wenger. It fragments so quickly. I do agree that there is an echo chamber on social media. It's maybe, maybe 20% of the crowd are constantly engaged with it and talking to each other and there's a huge number that you know don't even have a Twitter account let yeah. alone use it or follow football and people get a bit absorbed with that but then you've got the different categories I thought the, the biggest symbolic protest at that game in the previous game were the 10,000 empty seats yeah. it was even more at West Brom that's huge that's off the scale never happened before and like I say that's the biggest measure to the club then I think there's this huge category that I tested an awful lot of people in the sort of 48 hours before and after, at work, at meetings, at the pub after. It felt like 80, 90% feel like it's time for a change, but then they split into categories. Something to change should come at the end of next season because yeah. there's a kind of, oh, he shouldn't be chased out, oh, he's earned the final year. Some say it's time for a change, but they almost want to whisper it to you like they're dirty secret because, and I yeah. understand this, they so love him, they so adore what he did for this club, historic now, 10 yeah. years ago, but they could, you know what I mean? And, yeah. then, and then you've got, Another group, and I'm sympathetic to this, who I think just said we don't like the idea of protesting during the game mm. while there's something to play for. I think a lot of us have got rather fatigued by playing for third or fourth, but I think there was a feeling that they would react mm. against that, but if there'd been a march to the ground beforehand or a protest at the end, they'd have joined in that. So yeah. it, it quickly breaks down, but my God, has that sense of time for change. And, you know, let's remember that it got very focused on Wenger, and perhaps that's regrettable because certainly the AST message there were five things we identified as time for change Stan Kroenke and his attitude and taking three million out yeah. the board and its lack of football experience and basically just being out of date and out of touch yeah. the atmosphere in the ground which the club don't help with with a ticketing policy the whole football set up and scouting and networking so it was you know it was, it was meant to be wider than all of yeah, that yeah, and I think, yeah. all, I think an awful lot of Arsenal fans are on the same page with that mm. I, I don't know what you think Ollie, but I think a lot, I, I heard a lot of fans say, and I don't agree with them but I did see I saw a lot and heard a lot of people and some kind of commentators are almost like making fun of, of, of the of the protest in the end saying you know oh people holding up A4 placards was embarrassing you know you were embarrassed a lot that word was used a lot embarrassing about but you know I, I think I think on the one hand it was disappointing as you as you honestly admit in the number of people but it's a big thing isn't it to stand there 
holding up a thing during the middle of a game, it's kind of a, quite a big step to take. It may not be, you know, as part of your, your group that you're used to organising things like this, but actually I think it's a bigger step it's to take for English. a normal the English, fan. The English don't right. speak up. Yeah. We've got the most apathetic, yes. middle-class yes. crowd now. I mean, Ray tries to organise this bunch of people and yeah. it's like herding cats. Yeah. The, the problem is that, you know, a lot of people will agree in the message, but so few will actually want to make a person sacrifice and get involved to try and make their voice heard. It's very much like the atmosphere thing. Nobody ever sit, uh, admits to sitting there silently for 70 minutes and then leaving early and coming in late and all that they all agree that we should have a great atmosphere and a lot of those people now agree that it is time for change however a very very small percentage of those actually want to get involved and do something in the ground and that's why standing up and holding up a sign saying you know things need to change at my club so few people did it did it because it is a bit of a well can't someone else do it i agree with the message but yeah. all these guys are going to do it and the groups are going to do it so i'm just going to sit here on my hands and unfortunately as tim said that is a very arsenal thing it's a very arsenal apathy uh, kind yeah. of uh, kind of viewpoint and things will change let's remember, you know if we go back mm. over this season different areas but you know i we did a lot of work on trying to get more tickets allocated to fa cup finalists people are like, oh, you wasting the time and won't change the policy got seven thousand extra tickets allocated a lot of work working with yeah. red action and bsn campaigning on ticket prices like, oh you're wasting your time and so on it's going to be 26 pound for every away ticket next year and they've frozen the home for three years they've started to improve on paying L- london living wage to people at the stadium after the protest the amount of people that oh you know Know, you idiot they're a business oh you don't know what you're doing very mm. few people put time into this sometimes you have to wait six months for it to filter through but it, it you know if you don't do anything you ain't going to change anything mm. even uh, when we did ticket price uh, protests the, the amount of people who actually turned up and got involved was very very small and it's only because we had some some big visual aids like really big banners with with, with messages on that it, it looked a lot more impactful than it actually was as far as people who were actually getting involved and, and you know these are the same people who are complaining about our prices all the time I think the whole thing with the, 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 the protests as well, With I think it was a lot of people took it as a complete Arsene Wenger out. And I think you're never going to really, especially supporters of other clubs, they're not going to read Arsenal blogs and Arsenal fan websites. They're not. They're just going to see that there's a big protest, that we want change and just link it to Wenger. And, and that, I think, where the issue really lies. And I think a lot of people within that stadium probably would have seen not read what was going on at Red Action, not read the AST statement, and they just would have seen, right, they just want Wenger out, so I'm going to sing his name. But ultimately, like this, we, we don't have a great atmosphere. We, we know we don't have a good atmosphere in the stadium, but it will only take two or 3,000 people to start singing one Arsene Wenger and you create a noise. Because we all know what it's like at an away game. You get a little pocket of 3,000 supporters, and the, you, you will hear that on TV, and you will hear that amongst the stadium. It's a small, small section and you can make a big, big noise. And I think that is really what happened with the, 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 the song. Because I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't, I don't think that that stadium is, is pro-Wenger, well, or even 50-50. I think if you get, you know, maybe 10% of that stadium, 20% singing up, um, they're going to make a big noise. But it's a small minority. The ironic thing was about the Norwich game, the atmosphere was actually really good because of that. So it, yeah, in the it first did. That was half, there was that, yeah, there was that real was kind say, of spiky yeah. that bars week. and that yeah. real edge to it. Yeah. And, and that should be directed at the opposition players and the opposition <laughs> fans. Unfortunately, it was, it, you know, the guns would turn inward and it was, it was fans it arguing was. amongst themselves. And, and, and obviously there was two groups that, uh, you know, depending on which side of the divide you were on, the other one was your enemy. So a real shame there, but it definitely helped the atmosphere. And there was pro-Arsenal pro uh, songs 
yeah, sung definitely. during definitely. Uh, you know during those minutes when the, the placards were due to be held up, and obviously a, a big song, a big chant of one arse and Wenger, but it really did help the atmosphere. So where have all these people been all season you know getting involved with the atmosphere and, and making noise yeah, I agree. and I that's why we have the problems we have weirdly I thought the atmosphere at the um, West Brom game when, when there was the most highest number of empty which was better than it is when it's full I, I did think that Do you, were you at that game too? I just yeah. thought it was kind of weirdly just because it seemed to be that you were left with a core, <laughs> I, think, the core. I, think, I think a lot of the fans that night just decided we, we just decided not to keep taking it so seriously because we'd just yeah, given yeah, up right, so yeah. people yes, actually went true. to football to have a bit of fun yeah. and it doesn't actually matter what happens with the result and we're not yeah. absolutely biting our nails for the night minute because there's so much on it we'd almost given up and we went back to how it should be which was yeah. we tried to have a bit of fun Completely. which was great which is weird it's so easy to figure you have got this really weird situation have you got with the outer edges of both I mean it's ridiculous that there's you know, the, the camps but the outer edges there are these absolutely fanatical lunatics it starts me who I mean, I don't know whether they're just online or whether they go. Well, it does go out into real life because they're. You see the fights going on, like people videoing it. The the guy quoted today who says that Arsenal have been employing people to go in and sing Arsene Wenger songs. Really, I mean, they're obsessed. People are bonkers. You know what, though, (laughs) I I think we need to get rid of the manager, but I would (laughs) sing his name the minute he leaves because he's been a great servant to the club, and yes, the last ten years. Haven't been wonderful, but for me, he's still an absolutely great, great man. And and the minute we go into a season without him, just like we sing songs about you know past players and you know what they've given to the club, I'd sing one Arsene Wenger. Absolutely, I think at the moment the thing that would help most would be an announcement that it is the last contract, because then I think next year could almost be like a farewell tour, couldn't it? And it because could help good unite will, the fans because went, yeah. everybody knows what's coming, exactly. and you know there'll be All no the more. All the angst would go, and I'd be with Absolutely. you then. I'd be, mm. and it would be a bit like you know Brian Clough, but, but I mean the Brian Clough thing turned into a disaster. Don't is it, it ever wouldn't good? be like that. But yeah. all I mean, it would be no, like a farewell mean. tour after twenty years, I, and yeah. all the tension would go. Yes. and I think we could. I, I really think he should do that I think I, I know I think it could at least dissipate some of the those fringe psychopaths who, who call each other cunts and you know literally hit people because they have a different view about the football club and Wenger but equally does it ever work when you announce the manager's going no look at Pep Guardiola and City yeah. from the pitch point of view probably not from you the, think it's from worth the, it from the fan base point of view it might try and unite the fan base yeah. and take away some of this poison and this violence I mean look at what happened after Man City yeah. on Sunday you know we, we used to fight fans of other teams and now we're fighting fans on our own team it's just crazy Arsenal yeah. fans punching each other in the face because they're pro, pro manager or anti, anti-manager yeah. it's just it's so sad that we're reduced mm. to this yeah. but this is where we are and the only thing I believe that is going to unite the fan base again will be a new manager whether that's mm. this summer unlikely or more likely next summer yeah, no, I, 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 I do kind of agree with that, yeah. Any other thoughts on that Man City game, apart from the fans not fighting each other? I mean, you know, it was a decent result on paper, isn't it? That's about as good as you could hope, it, uh, two or away draw, which I, yeah, by the I way, predicted so. correctly. I think Man City were a bit like us, and they, didn't, they weren't really that arsed. Yeah. They lost against Madrid, they were going out, and they're relatively happy. And, and like you say, the same thing about announcing that the manager was leaving. They had the same situation with Pellegrini, and they're not really that arsed. They're not playing for their future with him next season, so... But really, I think it was, I I think no, it was a good they, they want to get Champions League football. Like these are professional footballers who know that if they don't win, they ha- results for, you know would have to go in their favour. Thankfully for them, they did last night. But as a professional footballer, surely playing for Manchester City, you don't want to be playing in the Europa League. Irrelevant of Pep Guardiola or Pellegrini being your manager, you want to play against the best of the best. They played against Real Madrid on on the Wednesday and. 
they want to play against Real Madrid on a Wednesday next season, not against Sparta Prague or some. They don't, they don't want to do that. Look at the shit that's in the Europa League. I mean, Seville and Liverpool, like Liverpool who didn't even qualify for the Champions League last year, and Seville who, who got knocked out in the group stages after winning the same competition there in the final. They don't want to play that. And I, I think it was um, Steven Gerrard who mentioned in his book, he was like, I would message players to come and join us. And they'd be like, well, we want to play Champions League football. These Man City players, they want to play Champions League football. No, I'm sure. And I think they wanted to win that. I think you could tell how gutted they were um, coming onto that pitch, um, you know, for the Pellegrini farewell. I, I, I think it meant a lot to them. Well, I've not read Stephen Gerrard's book, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the, t- the game was quite... There were some interesting things in the game. One was that... I mean, it was one of Giroud's both better than something. It couldn't be worse for me than the last couple of the last games it's played, which have been diabolical and he finally scored. And of course, Theo changed the game when he came on. Tim? I'm sure he'll agree. <laughs> Tim's I got actually, his arms folded. Yeah. I, well, I thought the game was an indictment of both teams in the round. Mm. And that those are the two most talented squads in English football. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, between them, the defending at times... You know, and that's over four hundred million pounds worth of wages on those two squads. Leicester at sixty million, and actually at the end of the game, I just thought fair played Leicester. You know, you neither of those squads there have got have put in it like you've put it in, and I found it. And maybe this is maybe this is just this thing about Groundhog Day at Arsenal, but I was kind of bored by it. I'd never been so for for what should have been a huge game in City playing Arsenal with like you know a weekend to go, and I was really quite mad about it. And nothing we were doing was particularly exciting. Oh, we were in in the first half insipid, you know, and then we did get the two goals needed. But was that because they were absolutely like, what are they doing with their defence? And I I just actually thought, God, when's this season going to be over? <laughs> it was quite a good game, but it was quite low quality as well. So exactly. you, can have, you can have a high quality, exciting two-two draw. This was quite low quality and bad defending and mistakes. I mean, and the Arsenal goal summed it up, didn't it? Clichy's header and then scoring direct from that corner. Um, that was just shit and shit, yeah. wasn't it? Is the is the before we look at um, because but that does leave us in this incredible situation where we could still finish second in the league. I mean, imagine. I mean, that would be do the funniest. It's but the hope that kills you. I know it, of course. I say that pretty much every every week of my life, <laughs> Raymond. But it's a, it, but I can see I can see Spurs losing to Newcastle. It could happen. I mean, and, de- and, well, I mean, and yet we will still moan that we've had a terrible season, and that is the course. first world problem side of things of being an Arsenal fan. Yeah, yeah, it could end up like that. But you know, the fan base are in revolt, and we're fighting each other in the streets, and we could end up being <laughs> being second. So know, to, but to fans be- of most other teams, it's a totally ridiculous situation. Yeah. Unless you're an Arsenal fan, you don't actually understand. But it's the it. same with everyone. I think the if you had said at the beginning of the season we're going to come above Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City, um, Tottenham, who else is there? Chelsea, and we're still not going to win the league. I'd be like, you're having a laugh. But we are. But this is the, we're, it's a bizarre season, isn't it, Tim? Like for me, like Spurs. But you know they've played. They've got the best attack. They've pretty much got the best defence. They've played good football, great football for most of the season. They've got incredible talent. Bad start, didn't they? Bad start, all right. And we're only two points behind them. We've been diabolical. I can't think of like we had a handful of games. We haven't been diabolical, that's the point, have we? We just haven't been quite good enough. I think adding to that, obviously, poor in all three cups, really. Yeah. You know, the the way we went out of all of them, not getting very far, adds to the poor season. But it's this Groundhog Day, isn't it? And I think it's the, what I was realising is I've become really bored with it and then I feel guilty for that if another manager came in and delivered a second and third in the next two years I'd probably be very satisfied with Mm. that Mm. it's almost like 
I'm fed up with hearing Arsene Wenger's excuses in press conferences. I'm fed up with how he sets out a team. I just want to see someone do it differently now. Yeah. It's kind of like, it doesn't even have to be results-wise better. I just think watching the same mistakes being made is becoming so... Like Ray says, it's very peculiar to Arsenal. Yeah. And I can't quite define it, but it's boring watching them. Yeah, like yeah, last night when uh, Man United lost and it was, you know, we were officially confirmed as we can't finish yes, lower than fourth. Yes. There was no celebration. Yeah. It's 19 like, years. Like we're in another competition <laughs> that we've never been, we've been in, we're in it again, we've never been further away yeah. from winning it. So there's yeah. just that kind of, right, three yeah. boring home group games, three good away trips and then we'll be out in the yeah. last and The setting games. up of the team point is really key for me, I think, yeah. because this style, no matter who the players are now, you know, Welbeck was back in before he got injured, he's still, it's always the same setup. And what they're trying to it's, do Right, it's not right. working. It hasn't worked for months on end. Every now and then, it's all right, but it's quite dull now. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Not actually what ends up physically happening the on the pitch. F- the football has been pretty dull this yeah. season. You got to say, yeah. you know, think back to all those home games against teams we should be wiping the floor yeah. with, and it's nil nil or maybe one nil at half time. Yeah, and we've been boring to watch this season, and, I and, th- and that's yeah. a real shame. I do think so, and I think another man. I think most, almost any other manager would have this. Like Wilshire, for example, would think, oh, maybe I'll do what he does for England and position him there, or you know, maybe I'll, I don't know. But I just, I just think with this sort of players, he he always reverts to the same way of playing them. It's bizarre. I think that's the whole time for a change thing, isn't it? Because it is really dull. Like I can't really think of many exciting games. Um, Man City when we won two one. Man, Man United, but yeah. even the Leicester game, like it was great to win in the last minute. Oh no, I meant Leicester away. Oh, that was oh, that five yeah. yeah, two. The home game was good as well. The home game. I mean, yeah, I mean those games yeah. have been good, but, partly because of a drama. Like yeah. I say, it's the hope that kills you. But yeah. that that's it. We we haven't been exciting, and I think when you look at Tottenham, I hate to say it, but they're enjoyable to watch. Um, but it would be quite humorous if we were. To finish quite humorous. I've already made peace with the fact that they're going to finish above us for the first time. Oh, I made peace with it, but I'm telling you, they haven't. My housemate is shitting himself. He said, if you come above us, I don't think I could ever watch football again. They are (laughs) desperately, desperately rooting for um, Everton tonight, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. But even then, I think. Newcastle even, even if they are still down they still I don't know you no know. they won't give a shit I was speaking to Anton Deck on uh, Sunday and they think um, Newcastle might beat Spurs so yeah um, anyway that was just a random Plan. name drop <laughs> Actually, yeah random name drop I'll just put that name up off, off the draw off the draw yeah, exactly, yeah maybe you're right yeah. <laughs> it could be right too, yeah. just make boy feel good yeah absolutely um, shall we let's look I mean we're running out of time so let's what do you think is actually going to happen um, on Sunday I think we'll win quite easily <laughs> yeah. and Everyone will go home happy and there won't be too much poison in the ground and everyone will just piss off before the lap of appreciation because what is the point? Yeah, the Villa fans are going to kind of protest. I think Arsenal fans are, 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 are over that now. I think it'll be fairly low-key, be like a friendly and I think come the lap of appreciation, the players will be looking up at hordes and hordes of red seats. I actually think that the Villa fans are going to have a great time because I'm fairly sure they're going to do fancy dress again and their end will be packed yeah, and they'll have loads yeah. of inflatables and they'll actually have a load of fun and yeah. have a really good time and we'll be standing there bored out of our skulls with our be... arms folded and half the people will piss off the Oh, and it's body language game. You know, carefully look at Alexis Sanchez. Oh, yes. <laughs> What's the body that... language? What's going on with Ozil? Yeah. yeah, oh God. Do you think there's any truth to, to the Sanchez? Look? I mean, Ozil, I don't, I'm not, I don't Sanchez know. and Ozil have known for a while that there was an opportunity to make some good money here by staying because Arsenal can't afford to lose them mm. and there's a lot of money coming in and I mean, these, are, these are players that are going to go to 200k plus 
it, you know, staying at Arsenal. And I thought it was just a bit of agent talk and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm getting really a bit concerned about this Sanchez thing. There's yeah. some extensive briefing going on there and his body language. And the briefing last night was Arsenal briefing, almost like it was preparing us. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? It was like, well, we want to hear from him. He's got to sit down in talks and say he's committed and he's not particularly, uh, you know. He's talking to his dogs. A bit worried about clearly. it. Yeah. His dogs are there by oh, yeah, yeah. Do you think they're going to come out at a lap of appreciation? Uh, <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> really are hope. you going to bring a bone for them, boys? Uh, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll throw him a bone. That yeah, might make definitely. them stay. Yeah. Bring a, yeah. Oh, Arsenal fans, that, that's our protest yeah. or our campaign for something. Oh, bring a bone. I think those Sanchez doggies are key. Ollie. Oh, I, I mean, I think he owes us another season. I think he's not been great, has he? Oh, no. Yeah. He's been knackered. We played him into the ground. Yeah, exactly. Last we, summer, we played him. He still played on the first day of the season. Oh, and then they, they ran him into the ground and he got a couple of significant injuries and it's been tough for him to get back in it. Yeah, he's not been good, as good as last year, but that's a very Wenger thing to keep running the players into the ground and not give them a rest when they should and substitute them in games that have been won after 70 minutes. It doesn't happen. At the end, you get totally. hamstring injuries for six, eight weeks and then you really, really But there was suffer. a reason as well, wasn't it? This comes back to the, the shocking indictment of Wenger is the 70 million not spent last year. Oh, God, 70 million not spent meant yeah. the squad wasn't strong enough, meant Sanchez got pitched in at Palace what, four days after yeah, getting back right. from the Copper. You know, that was ridiculous, yeah. When you look at the impacts that it has and you get all yeah. these sort of you know nappy wearers going on oh there's someone out there you can buy oh who would be better but you look at the impact that it has yeah. the squad at certain yeah. games but it's players getting played too often yes. and if that 70 million had been well spent and as Ollie said we've got scouts we've got transfer it should be well spent we'd have given Leicester a run for their money there'd yeah. be two more world class players oh, and you know we're going to be nine depressing. points but short. if he does leave then he's going to have to put his dogs in like quarantine for like six months don't you something if you leave not the country no, not everywhere it depends not where you go yeah um, yeah, no, no, it'd be fine. Balls. Be, his dogs will be fine. Right, we're running out of time, so let me. I'm going to get a score prediction from each of you, and whether we were what's going to happen with the Spurs situation, whether we, whether they what's this, what's going to happen with them. So, will we finish above them or not? Raymondo, <laughs> three 0 to Arsenal against Villa. Yeah, uh, Spurs will probably get a result, and we'll come third. Okay, Ollie, four 0 and four 0 Spurs will. I think they need a win, but I think they'll get the point. Tim. It's going to be a lot more nervous for our result because Villa are going to have this kind of oh. end of season thing. Yes. I think it might end up. I think Arsenal might take it by a goal, two one, um, and I, yeah, I think we'll come third. Yeah, I think well, I'm going to go for three two to us. I think you're right. I think Villa are going to be running amok and might finally play all right. And I might go for a bold. I think. Remember also, I'm going to go. I'm going to say, I think Newcastle are going to be Spurs. I think it's be the funniest thing that's ever going to happen. Arsenal players' focus is 100% staying fit for their countries this summer or getting on the beach because for them, getting getting on the beach doesn't, you know, getting above Spurs doesn't matter like it does for us a lot. And they've got what they want. They've got their Champions League bonus. They have. I still think they're going to beat beat Villa. They should do. And I'm looking for an amazingly hilarious Newcastle. We need Everton. To get something tonight. If Absolutely. we don't, if we don't beat Villa, is the dog bone getting lobbed at Wenger? Totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Tim Raymond and Ollie. Uh, we'll be back next week for our final podcast of the season. Oh. I'm going to the Arsenal charity thing tomorrow. Are you going to that charity night tomorrow? No, so I'm not going I am going to mingle. Oh, can I make a plug? I yes. am going on Saturday, and every Arsenal fan should try and get themselves into Wembley Stadium, where we can win a real. Oh yeah, the, of Arsenal women's against Chelsea, women's yeah, FA Cup get, final. Yeah, that is Chelsea. very exciting. Let's get down there. It's going to oh, be the you, biggest. I, I name drop back. I'm going in the World Box. Nice. Mm. Well, whose name are you dropping? The Royals. <laughs> All of them. The whole Royal family. 
Um, yeah, I'm seeing the. I'm going to the Arsenal charity night, which means I'm mingling with the entire squad and Arsenal Wenger, and I'm going to have loads of photos taken. Will you I get Oxlade Chamberlain's photo, unlike last time? I'm not gonna, you know, I'll have my picture taken with Juro, I don't care, and I, and I will completely contradict everything I've ever said on this podcast. Has to be taken times. out this restraining order. This is what we want. Yeah, to yeah give him a clip around here, Dad. Okay, no, I'm going to have a nice word with him. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.